Reynolds strained to tell his commander about the brutal assault on his men that he had barely survived. Abrams bent down, his ear close enough to hear Reynolds above the din of the aid station. Emotion and pain shook Reynolds's voice. There were hundreds of them, sir. Separated from the wounded soldiers, on a stretcher next to the outside wall of the aid station, Captain Trent Upton saw what was unmistakably a dead soldier. Medics who first examined him had pulled the soldier's camouflage top and T-shirt up and over his face, pinning his arms in a grimly unnatural position. Upton, who was supposed to be keeping track of the dead and wounded, called quickly for the chaplain. Ramon Peña, like almost all the soldiers at Camp War Eagle, was so new to this base that he hadn't even known where the aid station was located, and had to be guided there when the word came that a platoon had been ambushed. Now the chaplain looked down at the soldier stiffening in front of him, and remembered the prayer he had recited to the men of Alpha Company just an hour before, when they had left the base on their ill-fated rescue mission. "'Lord, protect us.' "'Give us the angels you have promised, and bring peace to these soldiers as they go out. "'In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.' "'These words haunted the chaplain as he took hold of the dead soldier's hand "'and watched as Upton gently pulled down the T-shirt and uniform top covering the face. "'Pena didn't know the soldier, but Upton recognized him instantly. "'It was Specialist Stephen Hiller,' Twenty-four years old, from a small town in Alabama. Hiller had just announced that his wife Leslie was pregnant again. Upton knelt at Hiller's side and put a hand on his shoulder as the chaplain, clutching Hiller's fingers in his own, administered last rites. Then the men covered the young soldier in a thick flowered blanket, the kind found in nearly every Iraqi home. Colonel Abrams stood nearby, frozen for a moment, as he watched Chaplain Pena and Captain Upton move between the dead and the wounded. With a muffled sound of tank fire close by and soldiers still trapped in the city, Abrams, cursing, mumbled a quiet plea. "'Damn, this is bad, this is really bad, but please, God, I hope this is all of them. Let this be all of them.' Less than four miles away, at the center of the action, Lieutenant Shane Awero and his platoon were huddled on a rooftop as the smack of automatic weapons grew louder in the narrow alleyway below. Humvees burned in the distance, the same vehicles his men had escaped not long before. Frenzied crowds now surrounded the vehicles. Awero was only dimly aware of a thick line of blood making its way down the left side of his face as he watched the tracer rounds streak across the deepening gray sky. Despite the approaching waves of armed militia, or perhaps because of them, the lieutenant's eyes were drawn briefly to the sight of a bird, a sparrow, he thought, arcing low and untouched beneath the gunfire. For some reason, the bird carried Awero's thoughts back home, away from the battle, away from his soldiers, now trapped in this Sodder City firefight, to the warning his wife had given him when he left her outside their home near Fort Hood, Texas, just a few weeks before. In every war, she had cautioned, there is always a platoon that gets pinned down. Don't let it be your platoon. Chapter 1 Eleven hours earlier. 0800 hours, April 4th, 2004, Camp War Eagle, Sauder City. 
Where the hell is Awero? Captain Troy Denemy had been in Iraq only four days, and already he was irritated with his soldiers. In ten hours, the 700-soldier infantry battalion to which Denemy's company belonged would officially take over command in this huge, impoverished Baghdad neighborhood of two and a half million people called Sauter City. At exactly 1,800 hours, the 2-5 cavalry battalion flags would be unfurled, salutes exchanged, and the transfer of authority completed. But things were not off to a good start. Twenty soldiers from Denemy's 1st platoon had been assigned security duty that morning for Iraqi sewage trucks, escorting the honey wagons through ankle-deep liquid waste that ran through the streets. Their Humvees were supposed to be lined up and ready to head out the gate of Camp War Eagle, the forward operating base on the city's outskirts.